Welcome to Think Bible, the podcast that exists to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome, friends, to the Think Bible podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. And we're back again today with Biblical Counselor Kim Shaddy. Thanks for joining us again, Kim. Hi, thanks for having me back. So last week we had started working through this topic of responding biblically when our children come out as gay or homosexual or transgender or whatever their issue may be. Um, And I just think the discussion was so relevant and important for the times that we are living in right now. I pray that it was hopeful and encouraging to you because uh, I used that quote last time, hopelessness is the doorway to hope. And that comes from Paul David Tripp, but it it comes from the Bible. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When we get to the end of ourselves, when we find that root of where these behaviors are coming from, that's when we can actually um, have hope for biblical change through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power. So um, it's just such a blessing to, to think through some of these things, to recognize that it's important to talk to our children. It's not wrong, you know, defiling them or exposing them um, to things that they shouldn't be. And of, of course, we gauge that with their age. We don't um, overwhelm them with information, but we just start talking to help them know that this is a natural part of life. Um, And so, so many things to talk through. But um, today we want to just dive into things to think about, things to consider before you actually respond. So Kim had started by telling us, you know, don't get angry and overreact right away because that's going to slam the door Your child is not going to want to talk to you anymore because they see how you react to it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So rather than that, what would be some better options for us, Kim? (laughs) Guide us through this a little bit. (laughs) Well, you know, I think I've talked with you, Stephanie, personally about how I am about preventative counseling. And I think that that concept really, you know, rolls over into our parenting as well. Like we have to be prepared Mm-hmm. or whatever may come our way and not be shocked. I mean, yeah. we should not at this point in our lives, we should not be shocked that sin has invaded our family. Um, it's going to come from sinners. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, we have to kind of prepare for whatever might come our way and, and not, not trying to get this doom and gloom attitude, yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is going to happen, but I think as Christians, we need to be prepared. You know, the Bible tells us we need to be prepared to give an answer. Um, yes. We need to be prepared for whatever is going to challenge us and the opportunities that's going to come our way. And yes. so, you know, our personal walk with the Lord is so important and our personal time in the Bible and studying his word and studying the characteristic um characteristics and attributes of God and of Christ when he was here on this earth um, can really help us prepare Mm -hmm. 
to respond in the right way. And um, I would say in this situation, you know, if this is what's happening, a child has come to you or you found out some way um, that, you know, they are now choosing to identify as gay or they're in a homosexual relationship or um, they're just struggling with same-sex attraction, you know, as with all biblical counseling and those who I've met with, they know I'm going to direct you right back to God's word first and foremost. Mm-hmm. What does God's word say? Mm-hmm. And I think we have a really great illustration in John 13. Mm-hmm. And this is where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Um, the disciples, including Judas. Mm-hmm. We know about Judas. Right. Um, we learn in verse two of that chapter that his heart was already hard and bent towards betraying Jesus. Um, And Jesus knew it in -hmm. verse 10. He talks about, he already knows. Um, And yet he showed love and kindness um, and a whole lot of grace to (laughs) all of his disciples. Yeah. Right. Including Judas. Right. And then he says to them, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Yes. Um, so, you know, and then after he's done washing, he continues to commune and fellowship with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who are closest to the, to him, um, you know, that is his family per se. I use that in quotes, but um, mm-hmm. these are the people that he he traveled with he knew well he knew them more intimately and he fellowshiped and he ate with them um even with a known sinner um he did expose judas in that chapter by giving him the bread Um, but he did not do that to shame or embarrass him um, or even seek revenge on him jesus saw him for what he was um, but he didn't let his actions detract from his father's will to bring glory to God. Jesus was so focused on what was right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's where I think as a human, I struggle. I get, I get distracted by that sin or whatever it is. And Absolutely. I lose my focus. Yeah. We lose sight. But then Jesus brings it right back to us. Later mm-hmm. on in that chapter, in verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Mm-hmm. There is no greater example than Christ himself um, that we can learn from. And so, you know, and, the, and this is just one example. I mean, the Bible is full of examples of how we are to treat other people. Romans 12 is another passage I love to go to um, mm. when it talks about our relationships and um also Philippians too. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's plenty of examples for us to glean from God's yeah. word. Yeah. And we need to prepare our hearts to have that kind of response before yeah. the situation arises. You know, I have met too many parents, um, you know, and lots of ladies who've come for counseling that have dealt with this situation and mm-hmm. their first response is we cut our child off. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that is so difficult. Now, in all honesty, 
a lot of the women struggle with, I don't want to cut them off, but my husband wants to cut them off. And so I'm following my husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard situation for that wife and mother. Very difficult. Very difficult. Or they want to set boundaries, not maybe just cut them off, but set boundaries. But that the boundaries that usually parents will come up with are really more based on their anger and their embarrassment of the situation rather than on a Christ example or godly principles. Yeah. Um, so we have to be really careful before we act upon a situation to really bathe it in prayer and mm-hmm. seek the Holy Spirit's leading in this area. Right? Yeah. Excellent. Um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, some parents believe that they're, um, that they're no longer able to relate. Um, yep. to their child, or we don't share a common ground anymore. So I, I've got nothing to say about that. Um, but, you know, one thing we can't forget is that we do have a common ground. We mm. have a common savior. Yes. And he saves a repentant heart, no matter the sin. And okay. Jesus in his humanity can relate to all feelings and infirmities. You know, Hebrews four fourteen through 16 is one of my favorite passages. And it just reminds us you know, of how Jesus knows all of our um, temptations, our afflictions, our infirmities. He understands every emotion that we have regarding those things um, because he was faced with all the same things, maybe in that mm-hmm. si- same situation, um, you know, and in their anger, parents can believe, well, you know, Jesus didn't understand. He didn't have a child who came out as gay. You're right. He did not. Does he understand the feelings of rejection and betrayal and hurt? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he does. I think, I think it's important for us to remember that our sin hurts God just as much as whatever yes. your child's sin is that you don't seem to be able to forgive, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that comes from our humanness of wanting to put degrees on yeah. sin. Like this sin is, is the worst of all sins. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible doesn't say that. So let's not put that in there. Right. Um, so we have to be really careful to make sure our, our thoughts are grounded in God's truth and not in our feelings. This isn't really in our notes. And if it's outside of what you want to talk about, that's okay. But I've also seen instances when the child chooses to cut himself off from his parents. Mm-hmm. He knows that what he's doing or she's doing is against what the parents believe, what they represent as Christians. And so they they just choose to say, I don't want you in my life anymore. You're not invited. You're not well. You know, how how can a parent handle something that, like that? I mean, that is true. The kids set the boundaries and they set the conditions of until you accept me, I'm not coming around any longer. Yeah. Um, you know, here's what I would say. Just a few thoughts come to mind. Um, you know, first of all, we still have the obligation to love them and to show grace to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to stand on our convictions Um, Just because our child, somebody who we are very close to and the closest to um, on this earth anyway, um, has decided to follow this path, 
doesn't give us any reason to, you know, cut ties. And so, and just because of our conviction is different than theirs. Um, so we do have to stand on those convictions for sure. Um, we have to know what we believe and why we believe it and yet still show grace and love mm-hmm. to them. Um, and most of all, I would say with any battle that we have with our kids, we need to fight that battle in prayer. Absolutely. Um, when we can't communicate with them because they have shut themselves off, we can still communicate with God. Yeah. And he knows the needs. He knows the situation better than we do. He knows the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and this child, although you gave birth to them, um, is God's child first and foremost. And he knows what it's going to take to break yeah. this heart and bring him back to repentance. So yeah. um, the best thing we can do, and sometimes the only thing we can do as parents, is to pray and pray and pray for them. Yes. Good. And it takes great faith to do that mm-hmm. when you don't get to spend time with them and see if anything's happening right. or, or what God might be doing. Um, and so it's not an easy thing, but yes, that is such a powerful tool to pray and ask mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to just be at work where you cannot be. Which is more effective anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> know <Right>. that. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I think Good we have to also you. remember along with that is that God loves them the exact same way he loves you. Yeah. And their sin is no greater or lesser than yours, like you had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I see on your next point about our actions reflecting the character of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want you to speak about that, but I was just thinking that this whole event, all the circumstances surrounding it, God will use that to grow you, to grow me as much as the child that's going through the situation. Yes. The sin is actually an opportunity. (laughs) There we go. That's the way I wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, reflecting the character of God. Of course, that means that we have to know God ourselves. We have to understand his character. Um, One of the one of the best passages, which I have probably overused this year in counseling Um, And I don't know why it seems appropriate for almost every situation, Um, but it's found in Psalm 103 and just a few, a couple of verses. I would normally read most of this chapter, but starting in verse eight, it says the Lord is merciful and Mm -hmm. gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. I mean, if that doesn't tell a parent how they are to treat their child. (laughs) Yeah. um, Because none of us get what we actually deserve in God's grace. No. So, but that definitely shows who, you know, who God is and how he deals with us, his children. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the reflection that we need to meditate on. 
Here's a good question. Another thing to consider. Should a parent attend the wedding of a gay child? <laughs> That's hard. I mean, that is just hard no matter what, any way you look at it. <laughs> it is very hard. And I mean, some some parents may see this as, you know, this is a black, black or white issue, right? Mm-hmm. No, we are absolutely not going or yes, we are still going to go because we support our child, right? Um, actually, I mean, it's no shock to us, but gay weddings and are attending gay weddings is not addressed in scripture as a black and white issue. <laughs> it does not say thou shall not attend a gay wedding. Um, however, there are plenty of biblical principles to draw wisdom from mm-hmm. um, making this decision. Um, it's not a, it's not for someone else to make that decision for you, but I definitely would advise seeking some good, um, godly counsel to help establish your personal conviction. Um, and there should be reasons, biblical reasons to support your decision. Yeah. Attend or not attend. Yeah. Good. That should be true of everything we do there should be a biblical reason for it <laughs> yes and so Maybe you know the be... color shirt you choose each morning but you know right. what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah so somebody out there might be asking okay that's great and all but you didn't tell me what i should do <laughs> should i go or not go and that's usually what a lot of counselees are like just tell me what to do and i'll do that yeah okay Again, not my decision to make. I always advise people, you know, you need to go to the go to the Lord in prayer and follow the Holy Spirit's leading because I don't answer for your decisions. I'm not responsible for your choices and I'm not going to be made responsible for your choices. But I will give you from a biblical perspective, just something to consider when making Mm -hmm. this decision. Right. So. A gay wedding is a celebration of two people who are living a lifestyle that God declares to be immoral and unnatural, according to Romans 1, verses 26 and 27. Um, Marriage should be honored by all. We learn that in Hebrews. Um, But a gay wedding dishonors marriage by perverting its meaning. A gay union is not a marriage in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. Because God ordained marriage to be between a man and a woman for a lifetime. Um, And to take that holy and blessed union and link it to something that God declares to be unholy is foolish. Right. Um, So a typical argument that I would hear normally um, in support of attending, um, they would say, well, support. Suppose like a Christian could attend a gay wedding and somehow just communicate clearly that he is there supporting only the individuals getting married and not their lifestyle. Is that possible? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just say this. The individuals he is supporting are still holding an event which celebrates their immorality. Right. There's no way around the fact that a gay wedding ceremony is a celebration of sin. Um, so I would challenge you like in the same way that you would support an alcoholic friend by helping them refrain from drinking, right? Helping them avoid the temptations. You wouldn't go to the bar with them. Right. right? Um, so it's kind of that same concept. 
Why would you go and support them in a decision that brings honor or dishonor to the Lord? Yeah. So those are just some thoughts to consider um, when making that decision. Mm -hmm. But, and here's the thing. If you're not going to attend your child's um, homosexual wedding, you need to convey the reasons why and wrap that up in your love. I love you dearly. I pray for you. Um, I am here for you. But I just can't attend this wedding, and this is why. Yeah. yeah. Right? You can't yeah. just ignore this subject or avoid it or just, uh, I'm just not going to go. I mm-hmm. think that you have an obligation to explain why. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a really important principle with all of child training. We make a decision either as parents for our children or whatever, they need to know why, biblically, why. Otherwise, it just becomes legalism and um, just a list of rules that they can throw off when they leave home or whatever. I totally agree. And that that is the thought that really propelled me into my spiritual growth was when I mm-hmm. When I had my first child, I'm like, I don't want to be the parent that says, do it because I said so. Yeah. I, I want to say, do it because God says so. But I need to show them where God says that. Right. I have to know what God says in order to do that. So I have to know that in order to convey that to my children. So yeah. same okay. principle. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Good. Well, I know some of our listeners, um, and hopefully they've stuck with us this long. <laughs> But they're maybe not dealing with this on a personal level for themselves, but they have friends who are, maybe other family members who are. So how can we reach out again with love and be an encouragement rather than, um, you know, sometimes when things are awkward, we just don't know what to say. So we don't say anything. And then that just gets more awkward. And <laughs> so uh, what suggestions do you have for us to be a minister of love God's love to our friends who are going through a trial like this? Well, first I would say, remember that mm-hmm. anyone could be going through the same situation. Exactly. And, you know, I always see when, when friends are struggling with something, I mean, one of the first things I want to do is just, Lord, thank you that this is not my struggle, but I know that it could be one day. Mm-hmm. So I pray that I will have a good friend who can come alongside me when I need it. And so yeah. grace, 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 grace. <laughs> we have to show an abundant amount of grace mm-hmm. um, to our friends that are going through this. Um, I would say every parent that I've talked to who's in this situation will say this. Where did I go wrong? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, how did assume that responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. They focus on their failures first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to remember as a friend that this is not a question that we can answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by attempting to ask them more questions <laughs> doesn't mm-hmm. help the situation. They just feel like they are being interrogated. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's not our place to do that. It doesn't matter. Um, right. 
you know, it, we can ask why or how did this happen, but it's kind of futile. Like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It's, this is the reality right now. It yeah. happened because we live in a sin cursed world. Yeah. Um, I always tell people, well, I just don't understand it. Well, why mm. are you trying to understand sin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're spinning your wheels and wasting yeah. a lot of your precious energy and resources and yeah. trying to figure out sin. Yeah. It's not something to be analyzed or explained. It's just something to be identified and repented of. Yes. So. And I will say what, what you just mentioned about our limited resources. I, when I've seen parents who are dealing with this, especially immediately, it does absolutely drain them of their energy, their creativity, you know, all those things just are gone because it saps the life out of them almost. Mm -hmm. And so asking them to analyze it further isn't really helpful. <laughs> like you were, you know, giving them a meal would be far more helpful than saying, what on earth happened? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. That is true. I mean, I wouldn't even ask any questions about the situation. I would allow them to offer information if they want to, but you know, the Bible tells us that we are to weep with those who weep. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't say we have to understand and know and have all the facts about what's going on before we can weep with them. <laughs> we can just weep with them. Yeah. Um, we're, we're called to come alongside them, to love them, exhort them, comfort them um, yeah. without judgment and without hypocrisy. Because like I said, this sin is no different than other sins. And we could be in the same situation. Yeah. Um, so... Who are we to judge them hmm. for the choices that their children made? Right. Very so. good. We sure wouldn't want it to be the other way around. So, <laughs> yes, we're, it we're, is. We're yeah. How would you want people to react to you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I often think about that before I open my mouth when it comes to comforting others. Is what I'm about to say, would that comfort me at this time? Because yeah. if not, I'm just not going to say that. I'll find yeah. something else. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, also, another thing to avoid is, you know, vain platitudes. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we often hear, I've heard it so many times when it comes to the sin of homosexuality, we hear this, love the sinner, hate the sin, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a true statement. I'm not questioning that. However, the phrase applies to all sin, not just homosexuals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anybody that is steeped in um, a sin, you know, that's that besetting sin or an addictive sin. I mean, mm -hmm. we don't like any of that sin, you know, but yeah. we still love the person. It, that doesn't just apply to homosexuals. So, um, a sin in someone's life is no excuse for us to treat them any less as, um, as we learn, you know, as we've learned the example of Christ that we just talked about earlier. And realizing they're not alone. That's right. important. <laughs> that, yes. That's important. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to go through different trials in our life and 
just because, you know, my friend may be going through this situation and I'm not, doesn't mean that I have nothing to offer or, Mm -hmm. you know, no love to show. You know, the Bible is very clear that there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Um, They're not the first to go through it. They're not going to be the last. Um, We can't think it's strange when trials come upon us. This yeah. is part of living in this sin-cursed world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can help them work through their feelings. I'm sure they're going to experience things such as anger and shame and hurt and betrayal, mm-hmm. rejection yeah. even. You know, yeah. how, could, how could I raise them with all these biblical principles and they reject it all and turn away? And we take that personally. We have to remember that their sin is against a holy God first. It's not against mom and dad. And so that that helps us to reiterate the goal is to um, help them to become Christ-like. The goal is holiness. It's not heterosexuality. Yeah. That's That's our human goal. That's right. (laughs) If they weren't gay, if I could just... Yeah, if I could just get them to turn, then everything would be okay. Well, there's a lot of heterosexuals out there who do not have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So that's not the goal. Um, So we can remind them of those things in a very loving and gentle way. Yes. So I was, I just remembered um, you and I have talked before about Dr. Nell Collins and taking her Hope in Crisis seminars and. Um, she's such a blessing, the things that she taught. But one of the things she always would say is, you don't have to have cancer in order to help someone who's going through cancer. True. And I would say this is true here. You don't have to have been in homosexuality or have a child in homosexuality in order to help those who have currently. Um, and the verse that she would read and talk about often is Second Corinthians 1, four. I will read verse 3 as well. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Mm-hmm. So it's the same God, the same comfort, no matter what the situation. And that is very true. Those are yeah. the verses that actually led me into counseling. <laughs> oh, really? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. One amazing. thing we can absolutely do with our friends um, is to pray with them and yeah. pray for their children, um, you know, in their presence and outside of their presence. But, you know, mm-hmm. praying for their child's repentance and their desire to mm-hmm. cease from sin and turn back to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but also to pray for the parents to exhibit and practice grace, to be an example of God's love um, for opportunities to share scripture and truth with them. Um, And we can definitely pray for the Holy spirit to work in their hearts um, Mm -hmm. and for God to be glorified in it. So that's what we have to remember, not just for ourselves, but also to be an encouragement to our friends um, is that the change comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from them. You can 
preach to your kids, tell them over and over again why what they're doing is wrong. Um, but the change is going to come from the Lord. Yes. And Amen. so we can just remind them of that. Yeah. And I, I don't know, except apart from God, why it's so comforting to know that someone is praying for you as you go through a hard thing. <laughs> but it really is. And um, this year I have been focusing a lot on prayer and trying to understand and be more faithful at it. And I have a prayer list, a, a card that has just the names of families and kids that I know who are not walking with God, not necessarily homosexuality, but some of them are. And I pray for them every day. And all of these reasons that you've just mentioned about um, opportunities and for the Holy Spirit's work and God to be glorified, I pray those things. But one of the things that keeps me praying is because I want to tell the parents, I'm praying often, you know, <laughs> because I want to encourage them that way, that they're not alone, that someone cares and is remembering the struggle that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And above all, God remembers it, of course. I know that my offering is little, but if it can just encourage them to make it one more day and to be faithful to the Lord one more day, yeah. that's worth it. Yes. Yes. You're giving them hope. And that's what we, above all, that's what we need to do. Yeah. I often remind people in counseling that, um, you know, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope for change. That's right. <laughs> right. And, you know, even if that's all that we can offer them, you know, and challenge them with that thought, mm-hmm. um, then that's good. Like, we just need to keep pointing them back to scripture, pointing them back to the Lord. What does God's word say about this? Don't rely on your own wisdom. Mm-hmm. Rely on the Lord's. Amen. Yeah. And I like what you said there. There is hope for change, but that change comes through the Holy Spirit. Yes. How important. Well, I see here you've got a list of suggested books, and I'm going to ask you to go ahead and mention them because I, I see this question often. What are some resources? I need some <laughs> direction. Where can I go to get started on this? So, Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, I'm going to be very transparent. I've read several of these, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I can, I can pretty much confidently say that they're trusted resources. So um, a lot of them are actually just little booklets. So I know people are busy and they don't have time to sit down and read a whole book about this. Um, These, a lot of the notes and, you know, things that we talked about came from some of these little booklets. And so um, they can just be a real help. They're just like 20, 25 pages long. They're small. Um, So one is called Helping Students with Same-Sex Attraction, and it's by uh, Cooper Pinson. Um, Some of these books are CCEF. Some of them are other publishers, but you can find, I'm pretty sure you can find them all on Amazon. Um, I order a lot of books from um, Faith in Lafayette from their Mm -hmm. online bookstore, and all of these books are there. Okay. Um, so there's that one. The, uh, the next one is Raising Sexually Healthy Kids by David White. Um, another one is Your Child Says I'm Gay 
by Tim. Oh, I don't know how to say his last name. Kaiser. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking um, when I send out my next newsletter, That's maybe I can good. just put these on that on that email so parent or uh, listeners can can find them written down there. That would be great. Yeah. Um, another one is how to talk to your kids about sex. It's mm -hmm. Honesty and Openness for a Sensitive Subject by William Smith. Mm -hmm. um, teens and Sex, How Should We Teach Them by David Paul Tripp, who most mm -hmm. of us know. And um, I, I love his books. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> Transforming Homosexuality. Now, this is an actual book. Um, okay. What the Bible says about sexual orientation and change. Now, I've not read this one, but it's by Denny Burke and Heath Lambert. And I have read many books by Heath Lambert. Yeah, um, he's very familiar. Yeah. And he wrote an excellent book, which I'm reading right now, kind of going along with this subject, but it's called Finally Free. Um, mm. It's really about the addiction of pornography, and it's excellent. So I can, mm. again, with somewhat confidence, you know, recommend, um, mm -hmm. that book as well. And all, like I said, all these books are available at faith in Lafayette, um, okay. online. And I'm pretty sure they're all available on Amazon as well. So if you want that free shipping, <laughs> right. I, will, I will try to include those on my newsletter. And if I have forgotten, somebody remind me. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But this is important, and it's helpful just to um to review these principles as we're going on, because this is not a, ma a matter that will likely be resolved quickly. It takes a lifetime of teaching our children, and it may take many months or years um, for someone who has chosen that lifestyle to see their error and be willing to repent. So... It's yeah. something we need to keep, keep reviewing. But. Yes. And let me just give, you know, one last word of encouragement to parents and that, you know, I know in our last segment, we talked about ways to teach our kids and mm -hmm. things to avoid and so forth. You know, when we talk about those things, I'm not talking about sitting down and having this long heart to heart with our kids. There are so many little moments throughout our day that are teachable moments and, you know, I have two boys and, you know, they don't take kindly to long, drawn out, emotional <laughs> talks. <laughs> so I had to be creative and just, you know, oh. things that we were watching on TV or when they're hanging out with their friends, you know, hey, notice this. And, you know, or, did you see that on TV? What did you think about that? Did you agree with that? Do you think that that is, you know, something good? You know, it's just little teachable moments throughout our days. It's yeah. it's not this long one-time sex talk and we're done and it's over. Um, yeah. It's training. And yeah. training doesn't happen in one sitting. So, um, you know, don't, don't think that this is going to be some embarrassing long talk you have to have with your kids. They're just uh -huh. moments that we can take yeah. and seize those opportunities. Yeah, terrific. Very good advice. And again, we're not presenting this as a cure-all that if you follow steps A, B, C, you know, everything will turn out perfectly. Correct. Because that's just not life. That's, no. That's
removing sin from the, the equation. And so um, really it's all about just depending on God and trusting him to be with you throughout whatever it is that happens. It's his yes. presence that is the prize. <laughs> yes, very much so. Amen. Well, Kim, thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing all this research and things that you've studied and learned. Um, would you be willing to close us in prayer today? Oh, yes, I'd be happy to. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word, um, to have this conversation with Stephanie, Lord. Um, we do hope that it would be an encouragement um, to many out there, Lord, who might be struggling in this area. Um, this, um, this particular sin has affected them personally and deeply and um, has invaded into their life, Lord, but it did not come as a shock to you. Mm. Um, and I do pray that they will turn to you during this time to look for the wisdom that is needed, the comfort that is so needed, Lord. I do pray that they will um, build bridges and not walls with their kids, Lord, and keep those lines of communications open, Lord. Help us um, to come alongside others who are struggling with this particular situation, Lord, and be an encouragement to them. Help us to lift them up, Lord, um, and not bring them down with our judgment or our hypocrisy, Lord. Um, I just thank you that your word is not silent when it comes to this matter and that uh, we can stand on your word and stand firmly on it, Lord, and still show love and grace as you've given us that example in your own son, Lord. We thank you and we praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Think Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Please visit us at our website, www.thinkbible.online, to learn more about our ministry or to take advantage of the resources we have there for you. That's www.thinkbible.online. You can also find us at Facebook. Instagram or Twitter with the name Think Bible. Until next time, let's all think and live biblically for the glory of God.